Welcome back to another Youth Centered Podcast. Thank you, Bill Roberts at NATV, who has fixed all of our podcast equipment. I know we have been offline for almost a month now. Um, so we're back up and running. Very excited about that. And we got some great shows coming up. But today, we're bringing somebody back, a man who needs no introduction, but uh, most people know him as uh, a educator at the North End of a Middle School, long-term educator. I remember when he first started here, Pat McGravy, who has agreed to come back on. We did say when we first had him on, we wanted to have him back a year later uh, to talk about his, you know, his baby, his project that he's kind of started in civics uh, at the middle school. Uh, and he's gonna, we're going to talk a lot about how things are going. Obviously, they're even during the pandemic. And we'll talk about where the program's going. So first of all, uh, Pat, thank you for coming back on the Youth Senate podcast. Rick, thank you so much for having me back here. Uh, I think our podcast last year was December 13th, so we're almost a year to a day. And I can't wait to talk about year two of the pilot. Absolutely. Now, Pat, a, a lot of people do know you. You've been an educator for many years here. But let's give the, the brief, what I would call the McGravy files for people that don't know you. Who is Pat McGravy? Okay, so yeah, I'm Pat McGravy, and I teach civics on 8B at the North Andover Middle School. Uh, I have been teaching, um, I think this is my 24th year. Uh, I grew up in North Andover. I actually went to the middle school where I teach, um, but I did go to Central for high school, and uh, I've, I used to teach U.S. history up until last year when the curriculum shifted to civics. I live in Melrose, Massachusetts with my wife, Amy, and um, my two sons, Bennett and Xander, who are in sixth grade and fourth grade. Wow, the kids are getting big. They sure are. So, Pat, when you were here a year ago, we were talking about um, kind of a switchover from obviously social studies, as a lot of people knew it, to more of a civics thing. And uh, I was very excited. Did you, you got me involved with this right along. I came in and uh, did a uh, program with the kids, which I love doing. And then, you know, we'll talk a little bit later. I, I actually came back virtually to, to speak a second time, a little bit different on the remote, but I still love doing it and dying to get back into the classroom with you guys again. And you, you have tremendous people, which we'll be talking about that have been guests for you. But let's talk a little bit about since the initial year, um, how do you think the growth has been going with the program? Let's talk a little bit about, you know, year two since we've talked. And, you know, we got we to gotta deal with this little thing called a global pandemic that has actually come in. And I want to know how that's kind of affected what you're trying to do. So I'd like to give, just give you the platform right now to tell me where we are at with the civics program now. Sure. Just, so just a little background. Um, in 2018, there was a civics bill. Um, that was signed into law by Governor Baker. It was actually written by Haverhill's own um, state representative, Andy Vargas, who has been into my classroom multiple times. And it was a requirement that eighth graders would have a year of intensive civics and a civics action project at the end of the year. Um, in 2018, I was lucky enough to meet um, someone from the Democratic Knowledge Project. I'll refer to it as the DKP. And this is a program out of Harvard uh, University. His name's Michael Blau. And Michael was telling me that in 2018, they were piloting this amazing, amazing hands-on interactive life skills course um, in civics in the Cambridge Public Schools. And they were looking to expand. And I was lucky enough to convince the DKP 
to come to the Merrimack Valley, and I piloted it in the year of 2019, and now I am going into the second year of it. And before I talk about the growth and the change, I would just like to give a huge shout out to my students last year who were in the first year of the pilot. Um, what I dropped on them in, in September, they had no idea what they were going to, to get. And it's because of them that this year is even bigger and better than it was last year. Um, and so basically over the summer, I had an opportunity to work for the DKP where the educators, we all came together and we completely revamped the curriculum. And for the first time in my 24 years of education, someone writing curriculum, someone in power, not only listened to my concerns and the other teachers concerned about the curriculum, but they completely modified and changed the curriculum based on our concerns. So I'm going into year two, first of all, with a year under my belt of teaching all of the lessons, but I also have the privilege of being able to do it bigger and better and learning from my mistakes. So the second year of the pilot um, is, is going unbelievably well, and it's because of last year, and especially those students. I have to say, the success of the program is not about me, it's not about Harvard, and no offense to the DKP, it's about the students. They are the reason why this is a success, and I, I throw it all on them. So when year one was over, when we wrapped up, um, what kind of feedback did you get from those kids? You say this is about the kids, this is for the kids, which obviously you and I are on the same page with that, um, but you must have gotten some good feedback from the kids. What did they say about this new way of us doing things in a social study committee called civics? So the feedback I got from the kids, I'd say the number one response I got from kids, and I'm getting it this year as well, um, this is not like any social studies class I've ever been in. Um, there are, first of all, there's no textbook, which is amazing. I mean, I myself have never been a textbook guy, but the kids not having a textbook, it's like a weight has been lifted. Um, and not that reading secondary sources is not good, but, but that was lifted. And there's also, there, there's, there's, no, there's no packets. It, it's, it, it, you know, it's not rote. It is literally every day it is interactive and it's engaging. And I think the best feedback I got from kids is how engaging it was. And the other thing is they loved that they had an opportunity to speak freely. We weren't locked down to we have to finish it today we carried it over into the next week. Um, and so that was really, really nice. Where we're like, okay, kids, we have to get through chapter 17 in two weeks. And that's the beauty of a pilot. But I think the engagement, and also I think voice, I think kids really felt like their voice was being heard. This was, this is a life skills class. You know, it's the classic thing when we were all in school. When are we ever gonna learn this? Why are we learning this? And I think kids had answers to those questions in so much of, 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 of what we did. So I would definitely say the engagement and the voice were what I got from the kids from last year. Yeah, I mean, the kids actually would say to me that it was just, they would describe it as different. Uh, they liked it, they enjoyed going to it. Um, your, your comment about the textbook's interesting. You know, they kind of did like that it was, you know, more like 
we're evolving every single day. We didn't have to follow a text, that type of thing. Tell me about like parents and, you know, if, you know, your administrators. So, you know, year one, it's a pilot. You know, I remember when we piloted the youth center and I didn't know if there was going to be a year two. So what kind of reaction did you get from the community at whole, specifically parents and, you know, North Andover school department administrators? So I'm going to start with administrators. Um, I, I, I'm going to start with George Gonsalves. Um, so, I went to George and George was only, you know, he was, you know, wrapping up his first year. Um, I literally had to go to George and say, George, what I'm thinking is piloting this curriculum from Harvard um, and, you know, giving him information about it. Um, Lorraine Marks was the assistant superintendent was definitely involved. And then, of course, Kristen Ando, the K through 12 director of humanities. And so, first of all, what I had to do first is I had to convince the DKP to come to the Merrimack Valley. Right. That was a sell because they, they, you know, they hadn't come out to the Merrimack Valley. Once I secured that, then I had to sell it to the powers that be. And I will give George total credit. You know, first of all, he was, I wouldn't say he was skeptical at first, but he was like, tell me more about this. And he learned more about it. And then, you know, over the summer, he literally drove to, to Harvard, to Cambridge, met with the director of the DKP, Danielle Allen, who is a remarkable person, and Michael Blau, and we pitched it to him. We pitched it to him, and he was willing to say, I'm going to go to bat for you, and I am going to go to Dr. Gilligan and whoever it may be. And um, they allowed me to pilot it last year, and it went really well. Um, the chairperson of the school committee, uh, Helen Picard, who is also a huge fan of the program. She was nice enough to invite me to a school committee meeting to present the curriculum um, and the pilot. And I was really thinking outside of the box. And I was like, Helen, I want this to be about the kids. So the kids literally presented the pilot to the school committee. Uh, and actually, um, Mr. McDevitt's son was last year in the pilot, Miss Mabley's daughter, um, who was also on the school committee is there. So I want to say like administration ha could not have been more supportive. I also have to give a shout out to a former administrator, your friend, Cheryl Romando. Cheryl was so supportive to me. Um, when I was, you know, obviously every day was not a picnic and Cheryl was always there. I mean, she's been there to support me so much throughout my career and I miss her dearly, but I totally understand, you know, she's retired and I'm happy for her. Yeah. She, she was a, a big supporter of you personally as a professional. Oh. Many, many times she talked to me about you and then this program, it was important for her. And, you know, I told her that I was going to have you on again and she'll be one of the first persons listening to this, but it's always great to have that kind of administrative it, support. It really is. It really is. And so now we get in, now we get into the parents and, um, the one thing about this program is I, I transparency was the number one priority. I wanted the parents to get everything. So weekly emails, access to the lessons, access to all the things. Uh, I did, you know, a lot of introductory things with them. And the feedback that I got from parents, uh, it was not 100% positive, but I would say a good majority was. And the number one thing, and I think I said this last year, you know, as a as a parent of two stu of two kids, they, they tell me nothing about school. And parents were like, you know, for the first time in a long time, Pat, 
or Mr. McGravy. Uh, my kids are coming home and they're telling me about what's happening. Um, so I think I think what it comes down to as a parent is you just want your uh, you want your child to have an engaging, worthwhile experience. And so with those parents, it went really well. Um, there were a small number of parents, uh, you know, and I think we had done an, an, a little pre-interview uh, that were not necessarily 100% on board. And I can talk about that now or we can talk about that at another time. Yeah, no, why don't you touch base right now that they're obviously it's not kumbaya land. Not yep. everybody's going to totally be, uh, buy into it. But I know you and I know how you are influencing to at least keep an open mind and an open, uh, in, you know, an open ear to what people are saying and to try to make the program better. So let's touch base on maybe a couple of the people that, yeah. you know, not by name, but, no. you know, a couple of people dissenting about the program or at least wanting to know more so that they could buy into it. So, you know, we did this podcast last December and it was great and I got a lot of good feedback and there, there was a, you know, there was a parent, a mom and dad, and they were like, so we're not a hundred percent cool with everything in the curriculum. And I think they were all for a nonpartisan curriculum, but they saw things in the curriculum that they thought were partisan. Um, they also thought that maybe Harvard possibly might have had an agenda, uh, possibly. Uh, so, uh, you know, that was something that, um, you know, they, they definitely sent me an email and they definitely unloaded with the issues and they did their homework. They knew every lesson I did. They knew every project. They knew every assessment. The daughter was thriving in the program and, you know, she she was absolutely outstanding. So when I got that email, you know, there was two ways to go. Uh, you know, you know, as a teacher, you can get defensive, like, how dare you question me? I have my master's in education. I didn't go that route. I, you know, I really took the mantra of the program and the mantra of the program is civic discourse, people with different opinions sitting down talking and not yelling at each other and not blasting each other on social media. So George, again, was wonderful enough to facilitate a meeting. I think it was a 90 minute meeting. And we literally had a conversation. We had a civilized dialogue and they were like, well, what about this? What about this? What about that? And, you know, I would kind of counter. And at the end of the conversation, sounds really weird, but I actually, I actually acknowledged a lot of the things that they said. And I was like, yeah, I never thought of it that way. And so I went back to the DKP and, you know, explained, look, th here's this, here's that. So let me give you an example. Like they were like, so you barely talk of the, like the, the program barely talks about the American revolution. It just goes into rights and freedom. What about the American Revolution? Like, why isn't that in there? And I was like, yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, if we can just like just to save some time, um, the, you know, the the founding documents and the Declaration of the Constitution, uh, that was called Unit Two. And there was not a lot of American Revolution. So now we have Unit Two A and Unit Two B. And Unit 2A is completely about the revolution. It talks about the causes. It talks about so many things. So that issue that, that those parents brought to me, I brought to Harvard. And because of that, that civilized discussion that we had with one another, 
the program is better and every single teacher is doing that. So, so to me, that was a civics lesson within itself, sitting down with that person. And I continue to have a great relationship with these parents. And I know they're not probably thrilled with everything that I'm doing, but I have a good feeling I'm probably going to have their daughter next year and we're going to have more conversations. But so you talk about this being like a real life civics lesson itself. I mean, to me, this is I love hearing this. So I'm somebody that's not afraid of feedback, I'm not afraid of people challenging me, maybe how I do things at the youth center. But my attitude is let's have a dialogue. Let's talk about it. At the end of the day, some of their opinions I need to listen to maybe adjust uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to probably, you know, be the final word on how I'm going to do certain things. Uh, but to have that dialogue to in eventually make your program better. I mean, the story you're telling me right now, probably, you know, some people, like you said, might've gotten defensive as an educator. Some people might've shut down the conversation before it ever started. You didn't, you know, obviously having a support of George and obviously welcoming the parents in to kind of talk about that has obviously made your program better i mean is that fair to say oh my gosh it's it's made it so much better and the lens of every single lesson i'm thinking of those parents i'm thinking of that family i'm thinking of a multitude of families my my, my lens has completely changed and what's beautiful about the dkp is they give you the curriculum soup to nuts everything the entire frameworks but you're allowed to go your own way. You you're allowed to do your own thing. And they embrace it and they have access to your lessons and they make changes. And you know what? Year three is going to look a lot different than year two. And that's a true pilot. That, that's a true pilot. Um, so that was, ju I, th I just thought that was a, a great experience. And you know, it might be a little too raw now, but maybe in a year or two. I mean, I think that's an experience I can share with my students. Sure. Um, you know, and tell them that this is the way it's supposed to be. And unfortunately, kids don't see that with adults. They don't see it. I think with the election, I, you know, I think they see it as two groups that are brawling and against one another, especially with social media. So the fact that we came together, I mean, you know, just to, just to kind of give a plug in for a civics in action talk I did last year, with State Representative Christina Minacucci, whose son was in the program. Um, she did a talk with um, State Representative from Newburyport, Jim, Kel Jim Kelkors, who's a Republican. And it was literally myth-busting. I told the kids I was having a Democrat and a Republican in the same room. The kids thought it was going to be a debate and an argument, and it was how they work together. together. Um, so so those are types of that. That's a huge message that we have to get out to the kids. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I'm a I'm a big supporter of you personally and your program. And, and to me, from my lens, it looked very successful. I'm obviously hearing from you that there were little, maybe some little growing pains that you need to do it. Take me into the second year now. So now you're now you're a veteran civics person by one year, but you're a vet. Uh, you've got some ideas. You want to evolve the program. Talk to me about year two. So year two was year two. I'm in the process. It, it, you know, people are, you know, people may say I'm crazy, but it, it, it is going better than year one. Um, for a number of reasons and I know we're in the global pandemic. The first thing is, as you said, I had a year under my belt. The second thing is I had, oh, I mean, what, three or four weeks this summer to literally dig in deep with my colleagues at the DKP. And we hashed it out. We worked out some things. So when I arrived 
in you know August or September or whatever, you know we, as you know, we had so much going on with hybrid and cohort A and cohort B and the Ola kids I was teaching and um, the first unit is identity, values, and agency. And it was literally, it's, it, it, you know, the, the attitude is the kids need to know their identity and values before they move forward. And it's unbelievable how many kids don't know their identity and values. Um, I didn't know mine in eighth grade. I never even thought to take the time to think about it. And it was remarkable that these lessons in unit one were my lifeline during a pandemic. I, I, because the kids everywhere, remote, cohortic, they were all getting into it and they were all producing work. And, and it was just like, you know, some of my colleagues were like, oh, the, you know, this isn't working, that isn't working. And, you know, I had to kind of quietly say, this is going amazingly well. And, you know, we, we start off really easy, like what's in a name? First, middle and last name. And the kids had to research their first, middle and last name. Kids didn't even know why they had a, you know, a middle name. You know, one kid, his first name is Beckett. You know, he was named after Josh Beckett in the World Series of the Red Sox. That kid didn't know who Josh Beckett was. And another kid, you know, had this middle name that he couldn't pronounce that was African. He didn't know that, you know, it was, it was an African dialect for, you know, leader. So the kids were looking at their first, middle, and last name. And then we started having them look at their values. And I literally gave them a sheet of, I don't know, 10 pages of values. We broke them down and they did a project. Um, if there was a memorial to them in the North Andover courtyard, what three values would be carved in each of the rocks and what are they? How do you apply them? And kids were like, they were really digging deep into this stuff. And we were having these amazing dialogues about everything and the quality of work that I was getting I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. We, we just did an identity project, which was the end of the trimester, end of unit one. Um, the kids had to pick an issue of their, that, that, you know, a change or an issue that they had in town. And they had to apply their values and their identity to it. And, you know, I'm grading projects and, and you know, I'm getting carpal tunnel syndrome because the kids are writing so much stuff. And they're writing about real issues they you know the ola some of the kids were talking about ola some of the kids were talking about the hybrid plan they were talking about a wide variety of things and i was just man, i was just completely blown away at the quality of work that i was getting from the kids and um you know and some of the kids are very quiet but when you see their work it's unbelievable so we just finished unit one and we are now going into unit two Unit two, as I said earlier, is pretty much about the revolution. And it's basically giving the kids background on what was life like in the colonies. And then they have to make a decision. Would they have been a loyalist or would they have been a revolutionary? And there is a video game, like a graphic novel video game that they're playing as this is going on. Again, what am I doing on my asynchronous days? My kids are playing the online video game. I mean. It like it matched up perfectly. It was like aligned in the stars. I don't know how to explain it, but the curriculum just works so well in this global pandemic. And so it, I, we have not lost a beat at all. So let me ask you something. So, you know, and I want to get into the reinvention of Pat McGrady during a global pandemic. But take me back to the beginning of the year where we were 
geez, we weren't even sure we were going back to school. How were we going to go back to school? How were we going to teach? How were we going to educate, et cetera? Um, and I'm just hearing you talk eloquently about the kids have done an amazing job, you know, kind of sharing and getting. How much has the civics project in, in the, first, the first curriculum of the year, um, how much has it been in checking on a thing that I'm a big issue on, a social-emotional uh, of our kids? So obviously you're trying to teach civics. Uh, kids are doing this learning in a variety of different ways, some probably handling it better than others, and we're doing this in a global pandemic. How has that, you know, I think you said it's worked really well, but has there been ups and downs with trying to, one, bring across the curriculum that you've designed, how you want to do this, and the fact that how are our kids doing? How did you mesh that all together? So, you know, last year, I really got this really awesome perspective from the podcast that you and I had. And you really brought out something in me where we talked about me reinventing myself. And I think we talked about me taking my boxes of lessons and throwing them out the window and starting fresh. And like, that was so exciting to me. And you agreed that that's something that you would support. And I think we're probably in the minority. 24 years in, like you're not coasting, you're, you know, you're starting again. So that was a rebirth. But then when the pandemic hit, and you know, not so, the spring and also the fall, I really had to reinvent the way I taught. And, and not so much in the lessons, but I had to, the whole concept of outreach, I had, I had to do so much outreach. Normally, you know, before the pandemic, I grade a lesson, a grade an activity, the kids didn't do it, they got zeros, we moved on. But during the pandemic, something happened and I was like, what a minute, those kids, those kids with zeros, I gotta, I gotta reach out to those sure. kids. And some of the kids that had zeros were not kids that had zeros before the pandemic. So now I'm saying, why are these B plus kids not doing work? And you just said social emotional. They really needed outreach. And, you know, and again, I know that, you know, some of my colleagues are going to disagree with me on this. And, you know, we all, we all teach the way that we teach, but I had to do things that I never thought I would do before the pandemic. I so talk to. a little bit about that. What were some of the outreach? Now you're 24 <laughs> years into the teacher. Yeah. I'm third. I'm next month. I'm 33 years at the youth center and I'm totally reinventing myself every year. And I could see some in no disrespect to any of your peers, but I could see some of your peers saying, you know, Pat, you know, you're kind of 24 years, you've done your whole thing. And you were wanted to almost become a new Pat McGravy because you felt you needed to be for the kids. Tell me about the outreach. How did you do it? So the outreach was, you know, it was this, it was this team effort of parent, kid, and me. And, and, you know, you know, we have these things at meetings, but it really became clear that we would, it would be an email. It would be a Google Meet, literally with mom or dad, the kids, super uncomfortable, and me. And we would literally talk things out. We would get through it. I would say, why aren't you doing these things? The other thing, you know, extensions. I mean, you know, kids... Obviously, there's deadlines, and I know in the real world you do have to have deadlines. I became, um, I don't want to use the word lenient. I think a better word is understanding. I would reach out to kids, and I wouldn't, you know, I would try to be as positive as possible. And I would always say, whenever you reach out to a kid, say something positive to make them feel better, and then slowly drop. So I would say, like, 
hey, Jimmy, you know, uh, you know, I hope everything's going well. I noticed that you didn't do the assignment. What can I do to help you with the assignment? And then, you know, the, it, it, it might take two or three emails or two or three comments on a Google Doc or something like that. But they would. They, 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 they'd comment back and they would say, well, I need this or I need that. And um, it was very, very successful. And obviously the spring was very different because we were not – it was a completely different way that we were teaching. Now it's more structured, more about assignments. And uh, so what I had to do is, you know, I, I had to be there for kids and I, I really had to do a lot more outreach. And, and, you know, I never thought that I would have to do that. I was always, when I was in school and when I was a teacher, I was like, okay, I'm the teacher, you're the student, you do the work. If you don't do the work, that's on you, you move on. And now I'm saying to myself, well, why aren't you doing the work? Why is that kid not doing the work? And, you know, for people that are skeptical, I mean, I will tell you, you know, for, you know, I would say before the outreach, I was getting maybe 40% of the kids doing stuff by the end, once including the extension, you know, I had about 85% of the sure. kids doing it. So the proof, the proof was in the pudding there. But again, I know it's very controversial and it's really, really hard, you know, especially as an eighth grade teacher, you know, the mantra I always remember is the veteran teachers that I taught with the first couple of years were like, we're preparing you for high school. You know, we have deadlines. And so I kind of had to put that aside. And, um, you know, I'm always, if it's not broken, you know, don't, don't why fix it? It, it? It's working really, really well. And yeah, the, you know, of my 116 students, did 18 of them struggle with the project? Yes. Did I reach out to 18 of them? I did. And See, only three of them, and only three of them didn't do it. See, I call this the silver linings of the pandemic, right? So I'm quite frankly tired of hearing about, yeah, it's been a miserable 2020. I'll be happy when it's over. I'll be happy when a vaccine gets us back to a little bit more of normalcy. But what I'm hearing from you, Pat, is that, you know, forget the pandemic for a second. I think you've learned that this outreach, regardless of this pandemic or not, can have a major impact on the success of your program and ultimately the success of our kid. You know, I have to look at this as a, as a life lesson for you that you'll continue to grow post-pandemic. Am I right on that? You're absolutely right. And, you know, with a vaccine or wherever we're back to normal, for many, how many years I continue teaching, this is something that's going to stay in my practice. This is not a pandemic practice. This is something... This outreach for me is something that's going to continue. And I honestly feel like I know my students a lot more. I mean, when I go on Google Classroom, you know, for example, the project, I mean, like kids and I, we were, you know, I, I assigned it three weeks ago. Kids and I, we were going back and forth with comments. Like the comment thing was super long. And I'm saying to myself, geez, like, I don't know this kid in school at all, but through these comments, I'm really getting to know this. And there was this one young lady. She was petrified to do the project. I mean, just absolutely petrified. And in class, she, 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 you know, she doesn't talk. And, you know, she, I think she wanted to do a project on how to get more restaurants in North Andover. Like, there's not a lot of good places to eat. And her and I, we went back and forth on the comments and, 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 I just saw this growth in her. And again, it was only virtually, it wasn't live. Right. And she turned in this project and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. What this, if I could compare what this kid was saying three weeks ago compared to the product, it's unbelievable. And it was funny. It was like this secret that, you know, we don't say anything in the hybrid role, 
but we'll comment back and forth and she's not going to raise. That's the other thing. Like it's anonymous. Kids can reach out on a Google doc or a comment. I'm thinking, geez, this, this girl is going to raise her hand in front of all these kids and say, I don't get the project. That's another piece that, you know, I never even thought about. I mean, if I was an eighth grader, I wouldn't want the class to know I was struggling with a project, but I, I never thought that, you know, I, I, I never, I, I mean, I, it just, I just didn't think like that. Well, I definitely want to hear her results because I actually agree. 200 out I, of 200, a perfect, wow, perfect score. Awesome. I mean, like this thing, it, it was awesome. And, you know, and then I, and I had my wife look at the project because I'm like, okay, obviously this is my baby here. This is, I want you to look at this. And she's like, you know, and she teaches college, my wife. She's like, you, if you could give, she's like, some of my like college kids don't produce something like this. She like, she didn't know how to research. She didn't know how to find, she didn't know how to find reliable, you know, citation, you know, and her and I worked on that. I connected her with some business leaders. I was like, look, you know, Dave Holland, he's, you know, he's my former student at Stachy's. Yeah. That's someone that could be an ally for you. You know, my, you know, and so like, we just all kind of came together and it, it, it was great. And granted, is she talking more in class? No, she's still super quiet, but you know, I could tell by her comments back to me that she saw a growth and, you know, and I think if this was before the pandemic, I mean, that might be a kid that just got a 70 yeah. and, and coasted through. But I mean, I hope this is going to have an impression on her. Maybe it won't, maybe it's a one and done thing, but, but I would hope that this would have an impression on her and it, it wouldn't be just like this one isolated thing. It's very exciting. Listen, we could talk forever, but I want to get to two more things. We got about 10 minutes sure. left here. Uh, and I want to get to two major things. So we're finishing up our last few days before we'll break for the holiday. Um, and obviously we're out for, you know, close to two weeks. And if you listen to the science, you listen to a lot of things, we could be in for a rough January. Um, hopefully we at the middle school will be, still be able to continue to do hybrid, et cetera. Um, but tell me a little bit about what's the next is, you know, you started talking about the second piece of it in obviously in the second trimester, what will the rest of the year look like? Um, regardless of how we're educating it, whether it's remote in person or whatever, what will the rest of the year look like for, for your civics program? So, you know, we didn't have an opportunity to talk, but I, I am having guests in virtually like yourself. And my goal is once I figured out how to teach in the pandemic, and I haven't figured it out completely, but I want to do these Google meets with kids live. That's something that's totally going to happen. Yeah, if I'm correct, mine was on tape, right? And then you presented it to so the kids. So what I did was, so you and I did a Google meet together. Okay. And we talked about this youth center being the ultimate civic action project. And the kids, you know, you know, they were probably more blown away live, but they were blown away virtually. They had no idea of what this project was. So my goal is in trimester two, I, I, I want to do more Google Meets. You know, last year I had Harvard Law students literally come into the classroom and run a debate on historic Supreme Court cases. I'm going to have them come in. Um, the other cool thing that I'm very excited about is the DKP and Harvard. Um, they have, uh, they're doing a lot of research and they have actually picked North Andover Middle School as a case study school. So, th so, so obviously a doctoral student from Harvard 
is literally going to be in every single one of my classes observing. And it's my on, it's my Ola group of kids. It's my Ola group of kids because virtually that's the way it works beautifully. And they're literally learning from that. So that's amazing that Harvard is coming to North Andover to, to and it's all about you know what's going on with the kids. It's not really about me. And then the kids will actually have an opportunity to be part of the study themselves. So that is going to be amazing. And then obviously continuing moving forward, um, we're going to get more into the founding documents, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Um, we're then going to talk about a unit called Levers of Change and how to make change. Uh, and then there's going to be some research that there, we're going to talk about research and reliable sites. And then the kids don't know this. I think they thought their identity project was one and done. But I, if they listen to this, they'll know this now. They're going to revisit the, pro the, the project that they did recently. And in April or May, they're going to do a civic action project where they're actually going to try to make this a reality. And I'm going to connect them with people like yourself, Senator DiZoglio, Senator Tarr, State Representative Tromwin, um, you know, people like that. And, and so the goal is, you know, by May, you know, hopefully that curriculum will be done and then we're really going to get into the civic action project um, that um, is required. So that, that's what we're that's what we're gearing up to. So uh, we're cranking along and, and, and that's my plan. I, you know, I I felt very strongly last year that I was going to try to do as many lessons as possible and not change things with the pandemic. Uh, there is a modified curriculum that the DKP is offering uh, remotely. I'm not doing that. I'm sticking to the original script, trying to give the kids the most experience. And some people might say, like, just bag the Civic Action Project because um, it's a pandemic. And, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do you. that. So Good there's, yeah, you. so obviously we're super psyched. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through the units and get to the project. So that, that's where my head's at right now. I love that you're not going to give that up. You're going to keep moving forward. I think, <laughs> I think, you know, in a lot of ways, the pandemic has allowed us to you know, confidently maybe step back because it is a pandemic. And my attitude is we got to keep moving forward one foot in front of the other. You know, we're going to get through this pandemic. I don't want to take a step back on stuff. I am excited that after, I think it's even next week, you're going to have my good friend, Diana DiZoglio, Senator Diana DiZoglio, yes. uh, who's actually working on a passionate project that I'm involved with. Um, I'm going to act as a consultant. Uh, Methuen is finally going to build their youth center after... Close so to 30 excited. years of so talking excited. about it. Uh, Diana has been instrumental beyond belief uh, in getting funding and getting this project off the, the ground. And I'm excited. I'm a Methuen resident, so I'm passionate about it. My kids are grown now, but it's going to be great that the kids in Methuen are going to have something similar to what we have in North Andover. And, and the fact that you're looped into this through the civics piece and, and obviously some of the stuff that we've talked about the last two years with your kids will be great. Let me... Let me ask you my, a final question. Yep. And my final question is, you know, this program, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of it, right? And it's not because, I mean, I've respected you as an educator since the day I met you. Your, your passion for the kids, the passion for the curriculum is second to none. Uh, I love that you took on something. You know, it gets, it gets very, 
I guess I get frustrated when, you know, and again, it's people my age, a little younger than my age that, you know, they get set in their ways and they don't want to redefine themselves. They don't want to, you know, come up with a reinvention and, and keep excited about your job. And that's one of the reasons why I've been here for 33 years is I treat every season as a different season. I get regenerated. I The kids regenerate me. So let me ask you, in terms of a global pandemic, in, in terms of starting a new curriculum, which I think is here to stay, which I'm happy to say, um, how, what have you learned about yourself through the establishment of a civics program that, quite frankly, was not overly loved at the very beginning? People just didn't know what it was about. And then the fact that you're teaching and reinventing yourself during the pandemic. Who's Pat McGravy today? So Pat McGravy today is, you know, is someone that's definitely passionate about civics. I was always passionate about U.S. history. But, you know, I really, again, with this outreach, I'm, I'm really trying to spread that passion everywhere. I'm also, I, I don't think I ever have acknowledged my community you know, my community is, 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 it's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, my first couple of years teaching, I mean, I didn't know who was on the school committee. I didn't know the superintendent. I didn't know the assistant. I, like, I didn't know any of these people. And now these people have become my colleagues and they have become my allies and they have become my supporters. And I'm meeting so many people, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, you know the quick pick Dunkin' Donuts where they're they're giving gift cards so I can acknowledge kids. There's that. There's businesses that are supporting me, and then of course there are are, are parents who are, you know, really speaking up on behalf of this program. And and one of the big things, and I think this is a good way to end, is we need to model to kids that if you want to get involved in civics, or if you just want to, you know, if you just want to deal with this civic world. You have to find allies. You have to find allies. And I have so many allies. I mean, the number of people on bad days, you know, because every day is not a picnic, that I reach out to. I mean, you know, I, you know I've, I've reached out to you. I've reached out to Christina. You know, I've reached out to Dr. Gilligan. I've reached out to all of these people. And they're always so supportive. So I think, you know, when they call that, you know, the, the community is a huge piece. And the other thing is, you know, I see some of my friends and family members who are just miserable in their job. And like, I, I mean, I just love my job so much. And it's like 24 years in and it's just like, I'm not coasting. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reinvent myself. So all of those things, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm in a really, really good place professionally and it just it, it just keeps getting better and better and you know i'm you know i'm already thinking about year 3 and how that's going to go and just to think that we're hopefully the students and i are starting something like you started here with the youth center with this youth center um, i hope someday you know this 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 continues and and you know we're we're planting the seeds of something remarkable that will get bigger and better and beyond me Hopefully, you know, it, it will continue. So, yeah, so obviously that, that's where I'm at right now. That's who I am right now. Well, I mean, you're, you're in, it's invigorating for me to hear someone like you. I always have a statement here. If you find a job you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Uh, I, I live by that. 
Um, I have probably many, many friends that make a ton of more money than me, but they're not as happy as me on, on what I'm doing. And you've got that that same thing about you, um, you know. And again, not all teachers that have been around for 24 years are stale and don't want to really reinvent themselves. I'm not trying to allude to that, but what I am trying to allude is a guy like you, your passion for your students, your passion for the curriculum, uh, and your passion to teach kids is uh, is amazing. And I, I know the day that you do retire, uh, it's gonna be a loss to this community because I do know, I know how much you put into this. So I want to appreciate you coming on the, uh, the Youth Centered podcast. I wish you the best of luck. This is going to be a yearly podcast for us because I, I, I really want to know where the curriculum goes. So year one, we saw some of the what I call growing pains. Um, you know, and I would think this year with a pandemic, it seems like things are going really well. And again, it's not going to always be roses every single day, but it's heading in the right direction. I honestly believe it takes five years to develop something that stays forever. And that's what I kind of base the, the youth center on. And I, it'll be interesting to see where you take this program in that final fifth year. So that's why I want to have you on every year just to, to talk about it. I do know that people in the community are talking about this. Uh, they talk to me about it because they've you know heard me outspokenly talk about the civics program or even being on on your program and uh, I want you to make sure you sign me up every year we can talk about other things besides the building of the youth center because a lot of civics projects take place every single day here at the youth center so I want to thank you for coming on the youth center podcast Rick thank you so much I really really appreciate this forum I got so much amazing feedback from the podcast from uh, from parents and students and sending it to Harvard and the DKP. They really, really enjoyed it. And it was just, uh, you know, when I texted it and sent it to people, it was a huge, we were, it was a huge celebration. And, and I even listened to the podcast um, a couple days ago just to kind of get my head in the game for this. And it's great that we're documenting this. And I really appreciate you being a supporter. And I really appreciate you having me on each and every year to document, which I, what I think is going to be an amazing thing for North Andover. Absolutely. So again, thanks to Pat. Uh, I am excited uh, next Tuesday and we're going to actually tape it for uh, Wednesday release. We're having uh, one of our summer employees, uh, Andy Roby. Andy Roby is a college student that took a gap year this year because of the pandemic. Uh, and he chose to travel the country uh, from East Coast to West Coast and back. Um, he's become a quite the photographer. His pictures and his blog that he wrote throughout the whole experience uh, was mesmerizing to me. He's going to come on next week. And we're going to talk about why he did this, how it went, the ups and the downs. Uh, and how he actually did it on a very cheap uh, price also. And he's got some great stories to tell people. And then right after the holiday, we're bringing back uh, Joe Clark, principal of the Franklin School, for taping number two. Uh, We actually taped it number one, and we found out that we had a problem with our podcast equipment, so that was actually what shut us down. So we're going to bring back Joe. It was a great podcast, and I'm sure it'll be great the second time through. Uh, So those are our next upcoming uh, two shows that we're going to have. And, you know, if anybody has other suggestions for topics or even people like Pat McGravy, the presenters that you'd like to hear from, let us know here. Okay, so again, thanks to Pat McGravy. And as we finish every podcast, we always say too much passion is never enough passion.